Welcome to the Invino Fab podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Patrice. Invino Fabulum means in wine story. And there are so many tales that need to be told about women from all walks of life and their communities, paired with wine, of course. The Invino Fab pod is a place to learn and a space to share stories about work, interests, passion projects, issues, and random wine facts. Um, so do, do you want to talk about, we could celebrate some things and then talk about burnout <laughs> from this week. What do you want to talk about? Well, first we can talk about what we're drinking. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Hello Patrice. So as per usual, cheers. I'm drinking red wine. Cheers. What kind of red wine? It is a, um, wait, I just want to look it up quick. It's a Tesley Tensley. And I just joined their wine club. Oh. And, um, yeah, it's a Tensley, um, a Tensley Syrah. And, um, when you join their wine club, you get, well, you get, I mean, you pay for it, of course, but you, you have to buy two of the Magnum bottles, which is like a liter and a half. Mm. Um, but then any other wine you buy from them, you get like 20% off. So it was very timely because the day before the election, the two bottles of Magnum arrived. And then the day of the election, the shipment with all the rest of the wine arrived. So Convenient. I, was, I was more than set to like ride out whatever happened, you know, whatever happened during the week. Yeah, we're recording this after election week and uh, election week, election season. It never ends. And I saw your post and I was like, I was so jealous because like you, I also in pandemic times have a couple wine clubs. And guess what, Patrice? I want to say the person, the people who bought our house, they've been gifted two shipments from my own category because FedEx is sending them to an old account, but my account has it. So I'm not really happy with Lathwaite's. I'm calling you out on this podcast. They've sent them two shipments of wine. So here's a here, pro tip, yeah. buy a house from Laura Pasquini and her partner, Fair Moynihan, and you will get wine uh, for a few months Perfect. after from either one of them. Um, so I'm having a uh, hot whiskey, which is a shot of Jameson, uh, hot water, some sugar, a lemon with some cloves in it. So it's to keep me warm out here. Wow. That sounds nice. Mm-hmm. So but, talking about staying warm, um, yeah. Right now, as we're recording, it is early November, mm-hmm. and here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, it was 80 degrees today, but we are not having any climate issues. None. None whatsoever. I have no idea why Greta is upset about the climate and everyone else around here. Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the opposite. I have like 50 degrees less than you on right now, 30-something um, Fahrenheit, and it's something that... I am looking forward to being done what happened last week so we can tackle real issues like this out there. I feel like our head's been wrapped around this one person, this this one thing that had to happen, and elections in the state of Washington where I'm at usually actually get results um, like after a week anyways, but they always mm-hmm. know what the presidential win is going to be, um, except yeah. it didn't happen this time. So there's some sort of talk about we're kind of used to waiting out here, and this was my first election to vote in. Yay. That's right. Congratulations. How did that feel for you? Uh, I love the idea of um, Washington state's been doing like drop off and mail-in ballots for like a decade or more. And I love the idea of like 
doing my homework and researching the people. Mm-hmm. You get a booklet, and then yep. you should also look online. I used, I looked at the the stranger. Um, yeah, and I was really impressed with like things I could find out about the people and actually make an informed decision. So that felt good. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I like we got the booklet ahead of time, and I liked being able to see not just the candidates, but you always have to vote for different other things that in my past memories, I feel like I got there and then I was like, oh, I don't even know what these things are. So yeah, so we we were able to do a little bit of research and think about them and know and have a voting plan. I think that's really, really cool about this cycle is more people learned about election rights, responsibilities. Um, I love this idea of the informed informing people of who's out there and everyone was on deck. And I think a future topic, uh, there might be a couple of women out there. I might hand or shoulder tap and say, I think more people are like local elections matter and they mean something. And so I'd love to talk to anyone, especially women or those who identify as women who are thinking about their first run. Cause we had some great wins. Like yeah. I can't believe some of these things that are coming in first, besides the first VP, female, black, South Asian, uh, woman of immigrants, child of in- immigrants. Um, we have some really cool people that got elected. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. I won't do this justice in talking about it now. So I'm going to refer you to a great episode of Hysteria by Crooked Media that talk and celebrate all the women that are now elected and representing more of us representation of who the people are i think out there is a bigger thing between senate and congress yeah yeah i know um one of the things that i was hearing which i think we face like in our jobs as well is burnout and like people worked so hard leading up to this with phone banking and text banking and everything that people were doing that now that like the moment has arrived there's like concerns that people are that people are just burnt out you know, in that, that there's still so much work, so much work to be done. There is Patrice. Um, I'm not impressed with our white women out there. 55% of you up from 53% decided to vote for the, the same president again, even after the four years. So there's clearly a, a lot of work to be done in this country. Um, I just want to give props to everyone who did. And I did some text uh, texting, some phone banking, mm-hmm. some messaging. Like it was real. Like I obviously thought they thought I was still in Texas, but they were really pushing again, the message out and talking yeah. to people. And I was really impressed by the grassroots effort to get us to where we are, but what, where we are is not that far ahead of like, I'd like to be, um, mm-hmm. And that, that just reminded me that you're right. Um, we have to take a little bit of a break because yeah. I think people have been really pushing the last, I'd say, six weeks leading up, especially to this election and the stress of this week. Uh, I'm sure people are really burned out. And that's something we should talk about because it impacts what you do personally and professionally. Yeah. And if you, if you don't find a way to incorporate self-care, you can't take care of anyone else. And I think, you know, people are, people are exhausted, whether they are in education or they um, are parents balancing kids at home, people are really, really exhausted. And I think, you know, one of the other things that, you know, we're experiencing is in addition to burnout is compassion fatigue, where, you know, you're taking on the, like, if I think of like people in the learning design and technology for example, 
you're taking on the, you know, having to care for the students, having to care for the faculty, having to care for your staff and your team, along with likely family and other people. And, you know, I've had colleagues say like, I, you know, like, when do I take care of myself? That is a good question. And I, I think of it as the airplane, if it goes down you put your own mask on first. And we often forget to do that. And yeah. self-care honestly doesn't have to be like, I get a massage or I do this. Self-care could mean a full night's sleep, like yeah. eating well, getting your, your body moving and doing something like, because we are sitting in front of screens and our lives are both leisurely and at work or in front of them. And yeah. I think it's calm asking for support and what do you what do you say when a staff member comes to you and said when do I find time for me and what do I do what's your response as a manager um so I mean I've been working with my staff trying to make sure that they take time off and they take breaks and you know we've had to be a little bit strategic about it and think like so for example we expect you know mid from mid-November to before the holiday break to be extremely busy. So, you know, we really encouraged people to take time off, you know, around those times. But that doesn't alleviate the fact that people still need to take time off during those busy times. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think, you know, in the beginning, it was a little bit harder to plan because everything was just happening so fast. But kind of like now we, you know, we're, we're able to, somewhat anticipate like, okay, we know what it's going to be like. And so let's plan for you to be able to take a day off here or a half day off or whatever the case, you know, whatever the case is. Um, but I think that some of the difficulties are, which is, you know, how these things go. I think in some cases, like the term self-care is starting to cause stress for people because you hear mm -hmm. everybody talking about it and everybody talking about self-care and you have to do self-care and you have to do this and you have to do that. And it's almost creating a pressure for some people of, you know, feeling like, Oh, this is like this other thing I now have to be good at. All right. You know, I now have to incorporate, um, you know, it, into my life because like everything, especially I think with social media, you know, when you see other people exhibiting how they're incorporating self-care as, um, I've just, I've seen it add just another layer of stress in some cases. So I think we have to be careful of that. Yeah, it's not meant to add to your to-do list. And it's just an awareness of, like, how are you? What's checking in on what's good, what's needed? Um, and so I, I totally get that. I was listening to um, the Harvard Business Review's Women at Work episode they did a compilation episode which is interesting because they pulled from their back catalog and i know we've talked about this before i'm not going to pull from our back catalog because self-care or wellness looks very different right now in a pandemic and let's be real like you said it is uh yeah. women and those identified as women are taking the lead on a number of things the work the leisure the child care the elder care the family wellness in general and there is no escape even if we have some great partners who are equal we see women taking the brunt of it and i put out a call on our under twitter handle and i'll put it out now again is we would love to talk to a few of you moms of different stages because this is going to really challenge um covid19 is going to challenge what 
happens to women in the workplace and the workforce, I worry about it setting people back because they are, we are seeing burnout, meaning it's one of the choices for self-care is leaving, mm-hmm. doing something yep. different because your current role or what's expected of you is not realistic right now. And that to me is honestly the best form of self-care but what does it mean for that that woman's career or the contribution to the field that she's in or they're in um yeah yeah and we do unfortunately see more and more women dropping out or feeling like they're being left behind because they're not able to publish or do the research or you know keep up in whatever ways they need to keep up in their profession do you think that women really take on a lot and they're used to it? Um, and something I've been noticing, I um, talk with folks and consulting or coaching them. And some of them said, well, I'm not at my breaking point yet. Like, mm-hmm. do you think some people think they can just endure? Because burnout, we know, is exhaustion um, from a bunch of things, right? So it's generally not having enough time for the things you enjoy, the people you love, um, and you're just not attending to the the wholeness of you. Well, and I talk to folks and they're kind of like, well, I'm not totally at my end yet. Like I'm, I'm burning my candle, but I'm not there yet. Like I've got a bit of yeah. wick. Do you see that people wait until the very breaking point? Or are you hearing from people earlier when they're like, help, help, I need help. Uh, uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I think even before this, it was almost like a badge to say like, oh, I'm so busy, I didn't have time for lunch. Or, you know, I'm so busy that, you know, I, um, you know, you know, the whole I'm so busy or I have so much work to do. And I also think for a lot of women, that is just like the status quo is just taking on a lot and always being teetering on that breaking point. So I, so I, I could imagine that people are saying that, but I think in this case, some of it just comes from like the lived experience that everyone is having. And, you know, I've heard what I've heard, you know, women say is, well, you know, like if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And then what, like, what's the effect on the student? Or if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. What's the effect on the faculty? And so I think it comes almost from like a, you know, that that caring aspect, right? Of, you know, and putting other people before yourself. Yeah. And I noticed, I'm not in higher ed anymore, but I've noticed that our team is getting a bit more, not just my immediate team, because we're still learning experienced designers, but like, the bigger division that's corporate. Um, I'm in a launch content training marketing. So there's a bunch of different people. There's a lot more touchy feelies. Like there's a lot more of the feels going out there and mm-hmm. people are expressing like, whether it's the end of week message from the division head to yeah. like things that got br- that get brought up and things like we've done. Um, October was a big push for mental health and wellness. We had different kind of trainings and open dialogues about yeah. what that means. And, I just, I think it's amazing because it's things that were never talked about openly. Like I can't make that call because I have to attend to my nan who's really sick right now. And I'm the only one that can because it's COVID or I've got a cat dog and child and one in virtual kindergarten right here. So I'm not going to make these synchronous calls. Uh, Let me know what you can do afterwards. And that's like, okay, great. Sweet. Um, And I love that we're bringing emotions into the workplace more. Um, I think I told you about that book, No Hard Feelings. You've mm-hmm. heard that? 
Yeah. And so I just love that we're thinking about the feelings in the workplace more. And education is a bit different in my experience, K-12 and higher ed. Not saying that every division department does this, but I think there's some openness. Yeah. And maybe it, come from, it comes from my student affairs background where people talk about the things that are softer. And yeah. I just I haven't experienced that in a corporate setting till now. And they're like, no, we never really did this. This is, yeah. this is all new. Yeah, I, I think um, another question following on that, though, is, like, what's the long-term impact, right? That's you know, I, I know people keep asking that question, but, you know, like, will, will this culture of care continue on, of being understanding of people's lives outside of work and the flexibility that we've, you know, that we've offered people? I hope so. Um, I don't know the answer, but I hope that, I think it falls in like emotional intelligence. Like I hope it, that EQ side of things that we recognize that people are not just that autonomous worker compartmentalized to like, this is what they do and that's it. We don't talk about the other things. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. What do you yeah. think in your area? Are those things you're talking about? Because there's been a lot more flexibility and remoteness and you work at a kind of a, I'll, I'll use traditional with quote, air quotes there, um, institution that people are on a campus, but what if they couldn't be on a campus? Yeah, so I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think, I suspect that there's going to be more flexibility, but not to the point where, I could be wrong, but not to the point where, you know, you could be living in Seattle and working at Harvard. Damn but, it. You ruined but, my dream, Patrice. But, you know, but, you know, that, that's just an example. But, to okay. the, you know, I, I think that, like, what I, I think a lot of places are going to be more flexible. I like, like, office space has always been a premium, right? And so now I think pe- places are realizing, well, okay, it makes sense that, like, you're going to come in two days a week and then somebody else is going to come in two days a week. So I, I, I definitely think, that businesses are going to allow for that. I think, you know, one of the things that I've heard about, you know, like that example of somebody living in another state is it results in a discrepancy in salaries, right? So like if your business is in Boston, you're going to pay a higher salary because of where you're located. But if you're living somewhere, I don't know where, you know, if you're living somewhere else where the cost of living is less then like, is that equitable? And so I could imagine some sort of like base salary where then depending upon where you live, maybe you're like, you know, bumped up or down. So I could imagine that. And the other, I mean, not so much in education, but in businesses. So like if you look at New York City, right, where people had, you know, they were in an office building with super high rent, but a lot of their employees lived in New Jersey or Connecticut or, you know, wherever. Um, I could imagine them either not going back to New York City or having just like a very small office in New York City and then having satellites in Connecticut and New Jersey and different places where people can go in and work. So I do think it's going to change. You know, I, I think people are definitely imagining how they can save money on office space. 
And you're absolutely right. I, um, my, our return to work is end of summer now or end of June. Um, and it'll be probably end of next year. It'll be when a vaccine comes, but I know offices and office space is being looked at for our company where we also have Microsoft and other places, Expedia's home here, Redfin and uh, Zillow. And they're all looking at regional offices. Like how do we have people come in and get be spread out or, um, a new feature is like hotel desking. So maybe I don't come in always, but I can come in and book a desk because I'm going to yeah. collaborate with a team or cross team for these two days or once every two weeks or three weeks. Um, so commuting, which would help a number of cities like yeah. this one in particular, particular uh, know that they can come in and use some space because there is still a need and a want to come in and have happenstance conversations because I really miss like overhearing someone talk about like, honestly, someone's talking about Kindle publishing and I can turn around and go, Oh, what do authors say about this? And they're like, Oh, we never thought of it. Like, I just miss like being a part or being around other things that are happening um, that it's not necessarily my team, but if I wasn't there or I didn't meet someone or bump into someone or got introduced, that doesn't happen. So I kind of miss that. And we aren't figuring that out virtually and whoever does, it's going to make buku buku de bucks. Yep. So yeah, that that is I think, you know, like for students, I've heard them talk about they miss as we do, like, you know, being able to bump into people in the cafeteria, but also that like time in the library where we're all just maybe like sitting doing homework, you have good service there. Um individually <laughs> and then, you know, like oh, I have a question on my assignment. And so I can just like bop over to like ask, you know, somebody who's in my class a question. So I know there are a lot of um, tech companies that are trying to figure out those virtual spaces that are maybe just kind of like open all day and people pop in and out. Um, Yeah. But we are missing like those like things, like we're still following the screen and, some of the things that people are thinking about with screens and making them nuanced or moving. I know this cause I work for a company that has this and we're testing devices. Um, it just also makes me a little, little sad to miss the, I'm going to go for a coffee chat. Like we, we do these coffee shuffles. Literally you go for coffee with someone yeah. across, like we even call our place a campus, even though we're not a university across campus. You can meet someone up and talk about learning design. Or I do miss the idea of like some, like we have a random like truck of things that come out and they're gifts and prizes that you could win or buy. Um, so like, it's just like in-person surprises and joys or events and happenings that um, we still have them virtually, but I was like, I could be at a fishbowl and meet Michelle Obama who wrote the book. So like there's, and Mindy Kaling came and did a chat. We're like, but normally she'd be on site. How awesome would that be? Yeah. So and that leads up to the other, like, wondering about just general business travel and conferences. And, like, you know, I think a lot of businesses now are realizing, like, we don't need to fly you to London for two days to make that deal. We can do it over Zoom. Um, and we don't need to send you to a conference because you can do it virtually. Although I've – I think some of it is because the conferences I've registered for are free. But I find it much harder to block off – time to attend a conference if I'm not traveling to a different location and you know being there which yeah 
you have to be really intentional. Yeah, it's it's hard to do. Um, I'm planning a virtual conference that has only happened once in person, and so it's all new. And I was like, I'm going to plan for like on demand sessions as well. Yeah. Like, because not everyone can be synchronous um, worldwide. We have to think about how can people contribute or something. I don't know. World travel though, like I didn't realize how much the U.S. and other places, and lots of them, really in the U.S., eighty percent of travel is business, and that's not just conferences. That's like yeah proper business travel yeah so like airlines hotels restaurants it was just wild to me to think about how much money and time was spent on that for years and decades and that's yeah. just been blown up yeah and, and you hear different things like i think initially people that traveled all the time we're kind of like happy to be home but then i started to hear from some people like okay i'm ready to like travel again <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it, yeah, it's going to just be a whole new way of life. I listened to, um, like, I really like Esther Perel, who's, has her own podcast. Um, but I heard her talking to Kara Swisher on the podcast Sway and she talked to someone else. Maybe it was even Manoush Samarodi, big fan girl of her on the Ted talks. And she said, it's not working from home anymore. It's working with home. And the idea is we have to negotiate some of these boundaries between leisure and office space and work and then family time. And it's really going to be how we buffer and have boundaries. So anyone who's doing it really well and something I try to do to like, like I lost productivity and I burnt out quite early in this, even though I had worked remotely for years, I got back into an office for a few months, loved the taste of it. And then I, my productivity just went down. And um, this is coming from someone who did remote work for like five years for one company. And I went to the campus every three weeks. And so I realized that what we're really missing in some of this burnout is because I wasn't separating space and place. Um, my bookends of what I did commuting in and out or just taking a mental break away from things to transition to, Oh, I'm going to be with a family now, or I'm going to uh, come down and go for a run. And I wasn't doing some of those same habitual things that we are forced to do when we have to go to a place and be in certain clothing. So Patrice is looking at me, I'm like, I'm in a t-shirt, my little buff headband. So like knowing that you have to like wear the clothes to match the thing you're doing. Yeah. A lot to con con contemplate. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's still feasible. We're gonna be in it for a while. Yeah. Um, how long do you think we're gonna be in this kind of remote work work with home situation? So, I I mean I definitely I, I think it'll you know it'll vary across businesses, but I would think through the you know at least through next fall yeah that we will be um and it was interesting so you know you you were talking about the um women at work podcast mm -hmm. and i was listening to one where they were talking about going back to the office i don't know yeah. i don't know if it was i did one. hear that one yeah um and how you know there's like an and i think it's similar for this with like students who went back to school like there's an expectation of how it's going to be when you go back and because everybody you know everybody wasn't there you didn't have those same synergies and then you had to think about like who's in the elevator how many people are on the elevator what did i touch where did i go that 
you know, um, in some ways it felt more stressful. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, like the perception of the joy coming back to the office was going to bring was outweighed by it's not the same experience. And I think that's where I, I struggle is I just, I struggle with like what, you know, when we do go back, what is it going to be like? I'm going to drop in to say I cut a piece of this because things changed uh, within the last week. Washington State shut down everything. And I was supposed to go into the office. So I told Patrice about this experience and me being nervous and the protocols that were set in place. And they're fine. I do work in an open office and I was going to have to go into an open studio to do a thing. And I'm not doing it now for various reasons. And I guess it is quite scary is what I was thinking. I think about all those folks who do go back into work on the regular and what that means and the risk that they take. And the, the way I am fortunate that I get to work from home and make that decision of how and where and whatever I do for work is is quite safe. This does have me reflect a little bit about what lies ahead in the world of work and the way we live and go to an office or not. So that's fine, but what will that look like in the future? Yeah, it's not going to be great, I don't think. No, no. And we even see that um well so I I um watch the season premiere of this is us which i don't know if you watch, Do you watch i show? don't i know the show you're speaking of so but you can go on and talk about it. yeah so i don't want to give anything away for people who don't watch it except that they have incorporated every aspect of our lived experiences into that show including mm-hmm. you know the um wearing of the masks covid the you know the police brutality and it was just this like really eerie feeling watching it on TV because you know you you could sit there and imagine like if you were watching that on TV you would be like oh wouldn't that be so horrible if that actually happened <laughs> but if, right I mean like you know it it was just it was strange to see that on TV but. On the other side of that, when I watch a show, and I've heard other people say this, like you'll be watching a movie and you'll see people like shake hands. I mean, like in a crowded place and you're like, what are you doing? Listen, I want to go, go to the nostalgia shows and not the reality shows right now of COVID, Patrice. So I don't know about this is this. <laughs> oh. so my daughter and I just started, well, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now, but we started watching West Wing. Mm. I've not watched that yet. Like you're watching that and like, you're like that episode could be happening today. You know, like this, you know, the, the different like scenarios and storylines, it's, it's strange. Um, But yeah, it's hard to imagine like being, I don't know, at like a concert or something with 50,000 people all in there. It's hard to imagine what it'll be like to be like that again. If, you know, you know, once we have a vaccine and people feel safe again. Yeah, and it's happening. They're happening in different parts of the world. So I listened to some different um, podcasts that tap into like, I think it was Korea or Japan. They had like a DJ and like a ra- it was like a rave scene, which they're all fine. They all get vaccinated. They all go in, and you're like, oh my gosh, could you imagine going to a show like a live show or a concert and yeah. dancing around? And I was like, that was pure. That'd be pure joy. Um, one thing I'm going to think about and burnout. So this is kind of going back to like what we initially started talking about. There's a lot going on. Something I could say that like pro tip for like working with anyone is 
do you have a space and place to check in with not only who you supervise or who supervises you, but mm-hmm. your team? Because I've learned that com- conversations, a small group and one-on-one and asking some really deep questions and like being vulnerable about things, like gives people space to talk about the things yeah. that is probably stressing them out. And I, I think that's a really good, that's my pro tip in general is if you have a small team and or a couple of people that you're close to and your own staff, um, on your campus and your play, workplace, have some real talk with people and let them know that you're there. And if you're like stressed out or you're feeling burnt out, tell them that you feel like that. Because I feel like we are just trying to grind through some of these things instead of getting the early help we could get on burnout. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say with your team? Yeah. What do you suggest for burnout for folks? Um, I mean, so, I mean, I, I do meet, um, pretty consistently. I have a one-on-one with everyone on my team every week. And then we have, you know, like our weekly meetings, something that we've incorporated is a Friday social Mm -hmm. and everybody in the team takes a turn organizing it. And so we've done like Pictionary, like random questions. A couple on people on the team who like do coding have like created games. Um, but I just remember like the, the like the first social that we did, and I can't remember if it was Pictionary, but the first one that we did, like everyone was just like relaxed and laughing and having fun, and I was just like, this feels so good to see everyone like this. And so I think. I think things like that are really important. Like just giving people space, you know, and and like, we're so busy. Sometimes it feels like, Oh, we can't take like 30 minutes, you know, to, you know, to do this. But I think that, I think that's really important. And I try to remind people to block time off in their days, right. You know, like um, I've been blocking off 30 minutes during my day, you know, to like, you know, take the dog for a walk. Because if I, if I don't block it, it will get filled by a meeting. And if somebody really needs to meet with me, I can always move things around. So I think, you know, that and just reminding them to take time off. Like, you know, you, you get so into the work. And, mm-hmm. and I think at least I, I find this myself. Like I associate time off with travel. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I'm not, like, going away somewhere, like, like I've never been, like, someone to be, like, oh, I'm just going to, like, take a staycation or, you know, you know like, the, and so it's been hard for me personally to think about taking time off to just, like, be home. But now that I've done it a little, I'm like, oh, this is actually, like, really great. <laughs> I love that. I think you've said a few things. Laughter, putting joy back in the work with your team is really important. Yeah. I love that. You sharing some of your experiences and reflecting that is helpful. Um, people get stressed out about their calendars. So I always tell people, if you don't like white space, put something funny in there that you're going to do that no one else knows. And mm-hmm. there you go. Um, yeah. And take advantage of being, if you're work, able to work from home and you have that affordance, take a midday something to get some sunshine yeah. or be outside or something um, because days are shorter now in the winter or yeah. some of us have weather that we have to get out when the weather's good and uh, yeah. whatever that means to you. Um, yeah. Those are some advice pieces in that. I'll put that uh, now is a good time to take care of ourselves episode. It's a mashup of like the burnout and other things, but they did say like laughter, uh, moving yourself so whatever activity, even if it's like just walking is great. Um, and 
figuring out how you reconnect to, I think, your team and peoples. Um, yeah, that's good. I'm feeling good about this, Patrice. Good. It's good to talk All to you right. about burnout and compassion at work. So we have to be compassionate to each other. I like yes. that. Yes, yes. Remember to just be there for each other. Check in. Done and done. <laughs>